Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Views on View. I am your host, Steve Edwards, a host with the face for radio and the voice for being a mime, but I am still your host, whether you like it or not. Today with me, our very special guest is David Chuka. David is coming to us all the way from Nigeria. How are you doing, David? Hi, thank you, Steve. I'm doing very fine. Thank you very much. And I'm really excited to be here. Good. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So before we get started into our topic of next three, why don't you just give us a little background on yourself, history, how you got into programming, why you're famous, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know about being famous, but okay. Not yet, not yet. After this podcast, you'll be famous. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, okay, my name is David. Everyone knows that already. And I am a software developer. I How did I get into programming? Well, it's been, it's been a while now. But basically, I sort of started with 3D and motion graphics and motion design. And one day, I, I found a course on Codecademy, learned Python and I started taking the Python course and it seemed really interesting, actually. <laughs> and, you know, before you knew what was happening, I took more courses and I actually was doing this because I've actually been really interested in computers and uh, wanting to build stuff. So that kind of really uh, piqued my interest. And then I went to university um, for a degree in computer science as well. So, yeah, that's, it was just a lot of, I think, just bumping into stuff and being opportune to pick up stuff along the way. And yeah, I actually have a background in backend development, like writing code with Python before I eventually picked up JavaScript and started uh, building front-end applications. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's similar to me. I started out with PHP on the back end and then moved to, to the front. I actually still do a lot of back end in Laravel myself, but uh, good deal. So what was it? So when you first got into JavaScript, was was Vue your first choice? Did you mess around with other frameworks or vanilla JavaScript or did you just jump right into Vue? Oh, for sure. Vue was my first choice, actually. Yeah, was it? it was. Yeah. I think I was, I actually was working on this project as a back end developer and I think halfway through the project, our front-end developer sort of got engaged with uh, a whole lot of other things and had to kind of let the project go. And then I just got a text that, hey, what's up? Do you think uh, you could pick up the Slack on the front-end? And I'm like, oh, wow, I've <laughs> never done front-end before. But I think it was a pretty interesting opportunity to try and learn new stuff. And 
just kind of expand my skill set a little. So I started watching videos on View and eventually Noxed. And yeah, that was exactly how I started. Yeah. So in your day-to-day job, do you use strictly Vue.js or, or mostly Nuxt or a combination? Or what's your experience there? Oh, man, this is a Vue podcast, so I probably shouldn't say this. But most recently, yeah, I actually use Vue and Nuxt for my side projects, actually. But yeah, ah, okay, yeah gotcha. but more recently, I've been... I've been using a lot of React in my in my day to day job. Oh, yeah, okay. So um, I'm very sorry, guys. I know I betrayed you and your trust, but no, <laughs> I hope that- no, no. The job is what you have to do. What you would do on the side is what you really want to do. We understand that there <laughs> yeah. are numbers of view developers that have to have to suffer with other frameworks, and <laughs> and uh, you know that's quite all right. Just makes us more well rounded developers and makes us appreciate why we Ex- like view exactly. that much more, right? Like uh, I think for the first week, there you go. For the first week, where I had to start writing React, I complained so much. I'm like, oh my goodness, this would be <laughs> this would be so much faster in view. This would be so much easier in view. But man, nobody yeah. was hearing that. So I mean, I just kept on going. Right, right. Well, it's interesting. Side note, you know, we've talked to Debbie O'Brien. Oh, really? Uh, f- who was formerly part of Nuxt. We've interviewed her twice. And she's a hoot. I love talking yeah. to her. But she left Nuxt to go write React. She's writing React now for her oh, job. Really? <laughs> uh, she follows her while. Yeah, she yeah. did. We didn't kick her off the podcast for that, oh. <laughs> but because uh, we appreciated her next knowledge. But yeah, but yeah she uh, she's doing next full time now. So or excuse me, React uh, for her day yeah, job. That's really cool. Now, but yeah, that's fine. So anyway, the reason we had you on here is to talk is go through a blog post you wrote for View Mastery about Next Three being here in the beta. So we'll put a link for that in the show notes. So let's talk about Next Three and the different uh, areas that you're addressing in your blog post. So first of all, we have the TypeScript rewrite. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the TypeScript rewrite is, I think, is something really interesting because almost every framework now is rewriting uh, from the ground up using TypeScript. And so, I mean, if you do not know TypeScript right now, I think this is probably one of the best times to try and pick up TypeScript. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. You just, I, I mean, and that doesn't mean you cannot use JavaScript like you used to do before. It's just a matter of specifying or what language to use, just like Vue 3 and the TypeScript support. But now the TypeScript support comes right out of the box. You don't really have to set anything up. You just have to, you know, configure your files to support TypeScript. So I think that that's pretty interesting because TypeScript brings uh, that extra layer of, should I say, support in terms of preventing runtime errors and just making your application overall look more well-rounded and more professional, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Now, yeah, as you pointed out, so Next itself is written in TypeScript. So there's yes, two parts of this. Next itself is written by TypeScript. So even if you don't write TypeScript in your code, in your modules and and so on, you're still going to get the type hinting and, and all the integrations your ID has with reading TypeScript and giving hints and that kind of stuff. So you don't have to write TypeScript, but then also it's a lot easier to write TypeScript in your code that you're writing on top of that. I tried doing a little bit of TypeScript with the Vue 2 library a while ago, and it was difficult at best trying to do that and get everything to work. So I myself have not really delved into the TypeScript world as much as I probably should. Yeah. Give me a flogging with a wet noodle for that. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that's that's been my understanding is that you still get the benefits of the core being written in TypeScript, even if you're not writing it yeah. yourself. All right, so moving on, 
Oh, this one particularly interests me too is Veet. That's V-I-T-E, pronounced to Veet. Yeah. Heard it said from Evan himself, so no more ambiguity about is it Veet, Bite, Vit? <laughs> it's Veet. V-E-E-T for yeah, English speakers. So I've tried correcting people on the pronunciation so many times. I mean, like it's Veet, but it, it's spelled Vite. I know it's spelled Vite, but it's Veet. So But it's French. Yeah. Yeah, it's that whole French thing yeah, we got going yeah, exactly. on. So, so <laughs> talk about Veet. How is it uh does it come out of the box? Do you have to install it separately? What's the benefits? So on. Yeah, I think Vite comes right out of the box, actually. And for people that have used Vite before, I think they'll be really, really impressed. I have I think I know it's I know it's packaged with oh man, I can't remember the name of this one law. Man, I can't exactly remember. I know it works with two it's built with two things joined together that makes it that much faster. But yeah, it's Oh, you're talking about uh is it snowpack parcel? No, it's not I forget what no, the bundler it's not, is. It's not, I, I can't remember. I can't remember what it is, but maybe if we can look it up, eventually can put it in the show notes. But it's really interesting because it's, it's just, I think the speed is the number one selling point of Vite, actually. It's, it's a view tool that helps you build uh, your project faster. And it's just, the speed is just, it's just out of this world because, man, I don't know how to explain it, actually. It's just not like anything we've seen before. And yeah, it does it does come out of the mm. box for Nox. So, you know, developing Nox projects now would be uh, such a breeze, actually. So yeah, I'm actually really excited for this one as well because, I mean, it's, go- it's just going to make develop your development experience so much better. And I, I actually remember when Evan Yu was tweeting about Vite. Like, I think, I have a feeling this was a side project, something he built in his spare time. And that's how you know. It yeah, was. I, I just, it, it's so impressive, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember, it was just like a weekend. He started, hey, this was cool. I'm going to try doing oh, wow. this. And then, so V1, the version one, was specifically targeted. It was integrated with Vue. You had to be using Vue to yeah. use V. And then once you got into version two, he made it useful, sort of uh, extracted so that it could be word, used with any JavaScript project, vanilla, React, Angular, Vue. Yeah, or, you know, whatever and, and Svelte and stuff. So I know, I think if I understand correctly, I think Svelte bundles Vite now. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, too. And I've heard other people like the guys on uh, Scott Talinsky on on Syntax FM talks about how he uses it with his platform and, and with React. So it's it's a standalone thing that you can easily incorporate. And from what I've seen, it's very easy to incorporate it in. But yeah, it's it's speed is the big thing. Just because it's using the native native browser functionality of ESM modules as as compared to having to do it all separately yeah. and using external tools like Webpack does. Rollup, here we go. Rollup's what it uses for its oh, bundler. Oh, okay. Sorry, I couldn't remember okay. what it was. Okay, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, this is pretty interesting, and I think Evan has a course on View Mastery where he teaches. Yeah, he does, he does how to set up Vite and how to use it in your projects. I mean. It's not a lot of UI stuff for front-end developers are looking UI stuff. It's basically more infrastructure-based. And it's just telling you, you know, mm-hmm. how to bundle stuff and provide either how it provides a faster and leaner development experience for your web project. So yeah, it's pretty interesting to have that come with uh, Nox 3. Yeah. So when you install, I haven't had a chance to play with Nox 3 yet, but when you install it, does it give you an option whether you want to use yeah. Beat or Webpack? Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think it does, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what do we got next. Server engine. I believe this is Nitro. Oh yeah. So how does that? So the new uh, Nox three server engine, which is Nox Nitro, basically mm-hmm. 
it actually does a lot of things at the same time. So it helps. It's actually, it's uh, first of all, nitro, meaning it's faster, right? It makes for more performance rendering called like it's called exercise rendering for now which mm. helps with I, how do i explain it oh just I, there's actually a perfect video for this on youtube uh, by daniel Rowe. but basically it helps with rendering with lower latency network calls and it's deployable everywhere and also it uh, provides this very exciting feature which i think next has had for a while now which kind of turns your application to look like a full stack app. I don't know if you've ever played around with Next before, but there's this um, folder in Next called API. So you can kind of write your API endpoints in, in that folder. You can create files there and write API endpoints in which your front-end application can actually communicate with. And that, that's actually pretty interesting. So, yeah. So when it's calling, so it can call both what? Next backend server points as well as external, like if you're using a headless CMS? Yeah, or other API resources. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's pretty interesting because it's also this this new server engine actually allows you to deploy on a lot more platforms, you know, like Netify, Russell, Cloudflare, Dino Deployer, Heroku, Azure. So yeah, I think Nitro is something the Nox team has been trying to really hype during the release of Nox Day because I think they really put a lot of work into it. There's a video of Sebastian giving a talk, I think it was Nox Nation. And he was just talking about a lot of the the experience that he faced while building Nox Nitro. And uh, you could tell that uh, the team was really proud to finally get it up and running. And uh, it's something that they would be really proud that, you know, they actually integrated into Nox 3. So another thing I'm looking, I'm just reading about the, the benefits of, of Nitro is the middleware. I know we've had it before, but it seems like it's a little more tightly integrated. Oh, okay. Into the into the Nitro engine. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. What middleware is that? So if you write anything in your roots, the server slash middleware okay. directory, it will run on every request. Oh, okay. And then you can, you know, intercept requests either going to or from a server, add a header to your responses, log responses, oh, yeah. modify your request. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just something that sits in the middle between your front and your back and allows you to tweak things. I mean, it's pretty yeah. standard, but it looks, from what I remember dealing with it in, in Next 2, this seems a little more tightly integrated in the yeah. core to how oh, you okay. do stuff. Yeah, so. I've actually worked with middlewares before in Next 2. So yeah, probably you just made a much uh, bigger improvement to it in Nox Three. Yeah, that should mm-hmm. be that should be pretty interesting. Okay, so that's the sort of the core of Next itself. On the developer side, we have an improved developer experience. So there's three major upgrades we're talking about here. So let's talk about the Next CLI on steroids. Oh yeah, so yeah, the Nox CLI currently is called Noxy now, and basically it just it's, it helps you scaffold um, new projects with almost zero effort. It's been developed in a way such that you can run commands faster and more efficiently when building right now. So, yeah. So give me an example of what you would use the CLI for other than maybe just your first initial install. I think when you need to maybe upgrade modules or uh, change mo- current modules in uh, your projects, yeah. Well, I think one of the... I think one of the biggest improvements on the CLI now is just helping you do things faster. 
and more efficiently, actually. Uh, maybe not a lot of internal things have been changed per se, but like just a way to just make developments better overall. Yeah. So it's it's more of just a speed and performance enhancement yeah. as, as compared to functionality. Okay. Yeah. okay. Next one, next suspense. And this was, I know that something suspense was new in Vue 3 itself. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about what it is and how it's integrated into Next? Oh, yeah. So Nox Suspense is basically, um, Suspense itself is a special component that renders a fallback content instead of a component. Let's say like you're loading stuff until a condition is met. It, it waits for that condition to either be met or not. So while it's waiting for that condition where you want to render a maybe a particular page or a component, um, so your Suspense is what you actually see at the moment. And it's it can also perform async operations in your components but i'm aware that it's not to be used in production at the moment but i know react has had something like this for a while now but i think it's still currently in its experimental stage in view so it's i think it's something that would be pretty interesting to see yeah because now it's i mean you, I, you probably could have written your own code for oh okay when this is happening, maybe do this, but now you have a built-in component that can help you do this without, you know, any extra installation or writing any extra feature and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. In, in my day-to-day, I deal with a pretty large view application. And that's one of the things we do quite a bit is handling that intermediary stage when com- content's loading in your page, but you still want to show something to to your viewers, whether it's like a skeleton Mm -hmm. to reserve the space on the page or just show them that it's loading so they're not thinking that it's broken and they sit here and hit refresh, refresh and that kind of stuff. So yeah, normally, I know normally just in view prior to this, you'd usually have to have some sort of variable that you're watching and it says is loaded or is loading or something like that. And then based on that, you do different things where with suspense, you basically just have a suspense, you know, just like any other imported uh, component. Right, you just have your suspense with a couple slots, a default and fallback. Yeah. Put your code in there, and you're ready to rock. That boy, that saves a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting actually because what makes a framework a framework is just basically taking all the things you see that oh, this is like so common amongst many modern web apps. Like these people repeat this all the time. So why not just let's take this particular part of the development experience and just like say what's the word just take it and couple it into something that people can just import and use it on the go so yeah that's a really cool feature that they've brought in from view 3 into nox there as well right right okay hi this is charles maxwood from top end devs and lately i've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching.
Moving on, Next Kit. So it's essentially a Next SDK software development kit that exposes key Next functionality to users and module authors in ways that will continue to work no matter how Next core changes in the future. So in other words, protecting your backwards compatibility. So give me an example of some kind of modules that that you would see. I think the most common, as I answer my own question, sorry about that. <laughs> That's funny. I know like on Awesome Next, the GitHub repo, there's a... Uh, huge list of external exactly. modules that you can write. Probably one of the more more popular one would be like Axios, yeah. View Meta, that yeah. kind of stuff that allows you to integrate and and it does, you know, in theory does a lot of legwork yeah. for you. So that the way that's structured, that still hasn't changed, right? It's just basically they're giving you a little better tools to write yeah. modules. I think one of the things that went into building Nox kits is I mean they were like accounting for developers that build Nox tools and Nox modules. So in a way they're kind of like accounting for oh, okay. Nox is currently growing and will probably have future versions and a few um a lot of more a lot of future versions later on. So I think they were just trying to find a way that oh okay, how do we make these modules like not break immediately and update is made? Like I they probably will eventually migrate with some extra new features and stuff, but um how can we keep that Nox core compatible? How can we keep it constant across different versions of Nox? And yeah, I think they were really thinking about module authors and how building tools, how to make uh the development experience of building tools better generally. Right. Okay. So yeah, I don't see links in here. Is there like a repo or something we have this or how is this documented? I'm just hunting around real quick and not seeing uh much in terms of the documentation. Oh yeah. Well I think I think it's still in this development stage because there are some features here actually that on the Nox Two websites you'd see that they're coming soon. That means they're not exactly out yet. Right. Uh, probably there's still some work to be done on it. So Yeah, okay. So I found that as a GitHub repo. We can put that oh, in the okay. show notes too. Thunder the Next user slash okay, framework okay, okay. on GitHub. Okay, that's cool. Oh uh, yeah. Right. All right, moving on. Dev tools. I like this one just because I use them a lot. Let's talk about next dev tools. Oh yeah, uh, that's one of the features I was talking about where they say uh, coming soon. So I've actually not had the chance to play with Nox Dev tools, unfortunately. But in in my honest opinion, I think that's one feature that I'm most excited about because I and I have no idea why because the view dev tools work perfectly fine when you're developing Nox applications. But for the Nox team to think, oh, okay, you know what? We're going to build our own dev tools and we're just going to as like once you once we figure out that your application is built on Nox, like we're going to give you all the features and all the tools you need to just make your development experience more um, improved. And now you can monitor debug your application quicker and better. And yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. I uh, can't wait to see how it works. But currently, I've not been able to play around with it. I don't know if maybe someone out there has seeing the interface or something but now currently i've not been able to play around with it but i know that it's coming soon in nox 3 and yeah i'm really excited about it i can't wait to see how that works while developing nox, nox applications yeah yeah i use the dev tools quite a bit in when i'm just working with regular view and next it's a little tougher sometimes to get the browser dev tools to work because i rely quite extensively on my my debugger oh, really in the browser de- oh yes <laughs> what friction have you been uh, experiencing with the view? Because I use uh, the view dev tools quite fine when I'm working with Nox as well. I don't know. Right. Well, I use I use both okay. of them. You know, the dev tools is is what gives you everything's loaded. Okay, here's all yeah. your data. 
Here's your loaded components in, you know, in a, in a hierarchical format, how they're yeah. loaded. Shows you what, what's coming from Vuex. If you've got Vuex, here's your, your calculated values, your props that are yeah, passed exactly. in, your store stuff gives you some performance and yeah. stuff like that. But when it comes to actually running through your code, yeah. what's going on here at this point in my code, I want to stop and look at my variable values yeah. and stuff. That's where the yeah. debugger comes into play. And I've had sometimes I have issues with Nux being able to, you know, having them loaded and be able to do oh, that. True. So this won't solve that, but it will still give you the a lot of the the dev tools functionality that is really important. Just seeing, okay, here's what I have available when this is loaded, what up, you know, then I yeah. can use it. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, yeah. to having that dev tools capability. I think I'm guilty of using the debugger the debugger too when trying to like look into into what's actually happening in my code. So yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. But for things like you know state and okay, this is where your components are and props and all of that. I think the view dev tools work fine, but I can't I can't wait to see how much the Nox dev tools improve development experience overall. Right. Okay, and. Lastly, in the developer experience, Nuxt Bridge. So, you know, this is Nuxt 3. It's it's out of the box. You're working with V3, and V3 obviously has some differences from V2. You got Vite and so on. So now, fortunately, with Vue, in terms 